you know, if we're at a brew house and we're all sitting around a table and somebody goes, hold on, hold on, hold on. Let me pull out my phone real quick and record all of you. We're all going to be like, uh, yeah. Yeah, hard pass on that, Chief. You can put that away. talking about uh, users groups, more specifically Linux users groups, uh, and the impact that COVID has had upon changing all the societal norms and the users groups patterns. Uh, I know I've been really affected by COVID. I imagine most people listening to this have. Uh, working from home has been a big change. Uh, a lot of my social gatherings and events were just severed all of a sudden, and it's just taken a while for people to get back and comfortable with meeting again. And some of these uh, social things are just not quite the same when you're meeting online in a video. It just doesn't work the same. Some things really have to happen live to get the full experience of it. And this made me wonder, what are modern Linux users groups doing to cope with these changes from COVID? Uh, I figured we would start actually with a little background on our lug experience. So uh, JT, what kind of lugs or uggs have you been a part of over the years? Uh, quite a, a few, as a matter of fact. So I am the co-organizer of Lanklug, which is a lug in Lancaster, Pennsylvania, and the co-organizer of the Bug, which is the BSD users group in Baltimore, which is called Charmbug. I've also been to Charm City Linux, again, in Baltimore, Philadelphia area Linux users group, and Harrisburg area. And then when I've been taking trips to visit friends in other parts of the country, and there happens to be a lug meeting while I'm visiting, then I'll go to that lug meeting. So uh, I've been to the one down in Carolina that Jeremy is a part of. So yeah, I've been to a bunch. So you're pretty plugged in then. Uh, by comparison, I, I'm not really that plugged in. Uh, there's been quite a few lugs over the North Texas area for a while, but a lot of them uh, were very oriented towards uh, very new users or, or things I wasn't very focused on. The two UGs that I've been a part of, uh, my original one, I started in... I was a part of back in 99. I don't know how long it's been going, but it's the DFW Unix users group. Uh, and that actually really got me into a lot of the Unixy things and, and helped drive some of my interest in early Linux and C programming. Don't be fooled by the fact that it says Unix users group. It's, they were heavily talking about Linux too. There's a bunch of gray beards, really cool looking dudes that looked like they knew what they were doing uh, when it came to a command line. And so it's a great place to get invested in. Uh, my other lug, main lug experience was I started one at the University of Texas at Dallas, which is a very large electrical engineering and computer science program, a bunch of undergrad and graduate students, like seven or 800 total, and well, more than that, probably north of a, of a thousand, actually, uh, undergrad at least, and then another thousand, 1,500 graduate students. And there was no lug there, which really surprised me, because there's many nerds as gathered in one spot, all trying to learn something, it seemed like there should be a lug. I come to find out there was one, but it, for lack of interest or lack of leadership, it kind of expired. So I picked it back up and created it, and for two years was uh, president and helped drive it forward and pass it off to the next generation. And I stuck around for a while, even after I graduated, um, mostly on IRC channel, but not really being a part. And it slowly withered and died too. I don't know if it's still around. I check in every so often. I think it's not an official organization anymore there. But uh, those two were my real main experiences with Linux users group, and they were radically different. So like the the 
DFW Unix Users Group was entirely in person for me. They have a mail serve. They've semi-active on the mail serve, but I never really contributed there. I was always more interested in the speakers and uh, and the conversations and meeting people. So I'd go to the meetings once a month. And uh, as a younger man chowing down to the free pizza, they were happy to have young people in because I think the average age before myself and my friends started going was probably north of 45. So to have two 17, 18-year-old kids show up was kind of entertaining for them, I imagine. Uh, and then the Linux users group at UTD was mostly IRC. We would do meetings once a month. Um, I think we were going for every other week originally, but it was a lot of teaching, a lot of content, and it was a lot to prepare while also doing undergrad, and I, I couldn't do all of it. So I think we ended up doing about once a month mostly, and we'd have at least one installathon a semester, which is basically us getting together. We called it an installathon. It was more like a big LAN party. Um, so I guess all that is to say a lot of my experience, primary experience with lugs has been in person. And so when I started thinking about modern lugs and I won't say you can't do things in person, you just have to be very careful about how you do them now. And a lot of organizations, especially in March, April, they just stopped meeting in person entirely and went entirely online. And it made me wonder, are they surviving? Are, is the modern lug keeping up with the changes from COVID? You being members, active members of some of these lugs, uh, how have each one of them handled it? Uh, so I can't really speak to the ones that I've just gone to as a member, but I can speak to the ones that uh, I am a co-organizer of. So generally speaking, we've kind of transitioned to doing it online just fine. Our format has been a little different than a lot of lugs that I hear about. Like most of the lugs and the Philadelphia area user group is this way where there's like, it's once a month or there's, well, there's several of us. You have North, East, West, and South for the different locations. Cause obviously that area is a big area. What, and, like chapters of the same lug? Uh, pretty much. They, they kind of all okay. consider themselves one big group, but de technically they're isolated groups. I mean, there's a lot of bleed over okay. in members, but you know, depending on the time of day it is and when it is being able to get from center city to say, you know, out to the West side, well, that might take a little longer. So you might not be able to make it. Um, whereas you could go to the South side pretty easy. Anyway, all that aside, a lot of them like plug. Well, are, you know, it's the monthly meeting. You have somebody who's going to get up. He's going to talk. He's going to do his thing and he prepares and he basically, it's basically like a mini conference track. We did that for a while with Langclug and we did that for a while with Charmbug, but over time that became less of what it was and it became more of a social hangout. Right. Like for instance, with mm -hmm. Langclug, we would meet at Penn Manor high school. Or no, sorry, it was elementary school that we would meet at. We would meet in their library. Tiny chairs to sit in? No, they had full-size chairs. They did, adult, have, they they did have full-size chairs. chairs. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Just so, picture a bunch of big Jason, guys trying to sit down in these tiny chairs and breaking them all. Yeah, Jason and I, uh, we both are friends with Charlie Reisinger, who's the IT director of that entire school district. And one of the people who's uh, part of the log, actually it works for the school district as well under charlie so when we were looking for a place it was like uh we can't find a place hey charlie can we borrow the school <laughs> so take we, a school. we'll take any of them yeah we we meet there in the library and usually we have if there is somebody that has something to talk about then that's pre-planned then we'll just go ahead and roll with that for like 45 minutes then we'll have like 15 20 minutes of chat and then we go out to a local restaurant called abrugas and we just have wings and soda beer or whatever wow. for 
but we don't do that all the time. So there's a lot of times that we meet that we don't really have anything planned. And it's just pretty much we get together and it's like, so what has anybody been working on the past month? You know, are you stuck on a problem? We'll have people that'll come that'll be like, hey, I've been trying to do this, but this is kind of a, a roadblock that I'm running into. And then just as a group, we're like, okay, well, you're the topic for this week, for this month. We're going to, we're going to all dig in and try to help you solve that problem. That's really cool. I like so that. with, with Charmbug, we've done, you know, formal presentations before, but it, we, with Charmbug, we do it a little different where instead of trying to do that every month, that's basically every other month. So we have like a formal talk or a formal get together hackathon where we just all work on different projects together. Or then we have our socials, which is we all go to a brew house and we sit down and we just have dinner and just hang out and talk for several hours about what's going on in life, what tech things we're in the middle of, you know, this new thing that we heard about that we're interested in, so on and so forth. So mm -hmm. because our format on those with those two groups is a lot looser, translating that over to online has been really easy because mm -hmm. instead of us going, you know, to a brew house to all sit down and talk, now we just all go into our, you know, offices, our dens, our living rooms, wherever, and sit down with our laptop and, you know, have our drink with us there and just do the same thing. Right. Now there is for, for Charmbug, it's a little bit, sometimes it's a little difficult because since we are Baltimore DC area, there's a lot of people that work for government and do different things. And when you're in person and you know the person, cause you know, you've known them for five years, you know where they work, you can have conversations which actually don't say anything because there's a lot of context that doesn't need to be said because it's already understood. Mm -hmm. Whereas when you do that online and other people can just randomly join because it's like, oh, they're a new member. They just want to join the join the, the group that, that night. It's sometimes a little tenuous to know, well, we don't know anything about this person. And because they're literally online, like we can't feel them out in real life to find out what type mm -hmm. of person they are. So sometimes when there's just a random new person that shows up, it kind of takes away from what normally happens because we don't have that ability to actually feel that person out to realize okay this person is is cool mm. or or whatever else so yeah i hadn't actually thought about it at all that's um i'm thinking back to utd log and we had some constant i don't want to say trickle um we didn't have pizza or anything to, to bring people in we had you know people were like oh gosh Linux, we want to hear about that and they'd come in and we wouldn't have any idea who they were and i had to think about it we had actually a, a big problem there too and we were in person I think part of the challenge we also had was that we had a, a large contingent of uh, from India and from Asia, and sometimes people would come over and they didn't have very good English skills. And so mm -hmm. what we thought of as awkward was just they didn't know how to communicate with us effectively, but they still wanted to try and learn. Some of that to overcome. But and well, realized, you, can yes. also, you can also tell a lot about that when you actually are there with a person. Like You can tell when mm -hmm. they're intently interested in what you're saying and they're trying to understand it. Versus, right. oh, this new person joined the Zoom call or the Jitsi call, and their webcam is pointed at the ceiling, so we can't see who it is. And they sit on the call <laughs> for an hour and a half and say nothing. Like, that gets kind of suspect when you're like, okay, why mm -hmm. are you here? <laughs> mm -hmm. So. The, the, the camera pointed at the ceiling, that's, that's a giveaway to me. Like, hmm, remove. And the other thing is, of course, you know, when we're in person, yeah, somebody could pull out their phone and start recording. But it's very much an ephemeral situation. Whereas, mm -hmm. you know, somebody does join, they point their webcam to the ceiling, they can hit record on their computer. And of course it's, it, our faces are there having sure. a conversation, which yeah. then they can do whatever they want with that later. Whereas, you know, mm -hmm. if we're at a brew house 
and we're all sitting around a table and somebody goes hold on hold on hold on let me pull out my phone real quick and record all of you we're all gonna be like uh we're yeah like no yeah hard no, pass on that no chief way. you can put that away <laughs> so there has been some difficulties in transitioning but in general i don't think it's affected us that much so yeah okay that's good to hear that's that's it's been a concern of mine like i'm not plugged into a lug right now i just was sitting there thinking as we were going through topic stuff this has probably been pretty challenging because some of the groups I am involved in, social groups, they've just withered. You know, we tried to do some video calls over the summer. You know, we were trying to meet like a, once a month at least, uh, and we'd have a video call, and out of like 12 people in the social group, four would show up on the video call. And it was just, maybe it was too impersonal, I'm not sure what, but I just remember thinking, I don't know that we're going to survive this. Mm-hmm. And it kind of makes me sad because especially a, a lug where there's a, a large teaching and as you were alluding to earlier, a social element, like for people that don't have anywhere else to go, that kind of don't fit into society, the kinds of people that may be driven to choose an alternative solution like Linux as opposed to Windows, this is maybe their whole social life is the lug. We had some of those at UTD lug where this was their social life. This is the only thing they went out to do. Uh, and getting them in IRC and getting them to speak up in a meeting was a really big deal. We would kind of celebrate that. Uh, we realized as, as the lug went on, the social aspect was paramount and so we would go to Chili's after every meeting mm-hmm. uh, and that did more to build camaraderie and build a lug than any meeting or any topic or any formal anything it was just being there and spending time together yeah it can't be replicated uh, you know maybe I guess uh, I'm concerned about those that don't have this strong following like which the, the, the lugs you're talking about like the Uggs I should say I don't want to be specific to just Linux a lot of them Maybe so my UTD lug withered and went on IRC almost entirely. They stopped doing in-person meetings, mm-hmm. uh, which I would think that IRC would survive COVID because you're... It survived everything. Right, yeah. IRC is going to survive. It's going to be, you know, 2095, and someone will be like, nope, still using IRC. You're going to have to backwards compatible that for me. It's going to be around forever. Um, but some of these other, like, if your lug thrives on having big meetups or something, then I you got to find something to replace that with or else you're going to have people drift away. With all the changes in patterns, there's lots of, uh, like when sports disappeared, all the people that watch sports, they're like, what were they going to do? They found other hobbies for a while. And if you, if your social group is withering, you might, okay, I don't really want to invest in this anymore. Uh, and so I guess I, I have an outsized concern to help uh, ensure that any UGS are continuing. And if anything, if people are stuck at home, good time to program good time to learn the code, good time to pick up a project or a habit you had thought about doing but didn't have the time. Well, you're not traveling to work and back and forth anymore, so you have a little more time. And with all your social stuff canceled, you have even more time. Why not pick up that programming project and give it a go? And so I guess I sat down uh, and I wanted to drop a list, uh, strategies for coping perhaps, that would work particularly well for thugs in this environment. Uh, I realized a lot of them are just programming-driven ideas. Uh, but things like, uh, as, a, as a users group, taking on a large improvement to an existing open source project. Like, you go on Wine's bug board, and they got all the tiny things, like little niggling details and, and smaller things that they want to do. And then there's these larger initiatives, epics. Uh, a lug can pick an epic and start working on it as a team and make a big improvement to the open source world, even with a little investment. Yeah, so we actually, with, with Charmbug, we've done that before where we've done bug squashing things, or let me rephrase that. We've attempted to do it. So what has ended up happening is we all get together 
and we're all like, okay, so these are the but this is what we're doing. Like we've done some for the Tor browser for uh, BSDs. And what ends up happening is we like pick one, we focus in on it, but then it's like, well, how exactly should we go about this? Because like this bug really doesn't, wouldn't take three people. So like one person will start working on that. And then, well, this bug really, I mean, you're going to have to understand all this other stuff to be able to fix that, which you don't know already. So you're just going to start researching this other problem. And then an hour and a half goes by, nobody's gotten anything done because there's so much back research and understanding that has to be done. Then it's like, well, that really wasn't actually effective at all because we didn't actually get anything solved. Right. A lot of projects require that significant of an investment to be able to do anything at all. Yeah. And the other problem is, of course, then picking something that everybody would in a lug agree to in the first place. Now, like for, That's not for gonna happen. Bugs, this, this is not a problem because 99% of us have experience in the security field. So we're always kind of focused on that. So picking the Tor browser bundle for BSDs was a really easy. We all could agree. Yeah. That's a project that definitely needs some, some love, but like in Lanklug, if we tried to pick one project, it wouldn't happen. We would spend right. the hour and a half debating what project we're actually going to work on. And then, Oh, look, time's up. We got to get out of the school. Let's, let's go to the, let's go to Arugas and get some wings. <laughs> so I, 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 it's a great idea. I don't know how much it would work in reality just because a lot of those things aren't short, quick tasks to get done. So maybe a, maybe a different approach would be to treat it more like it's a code jam where everybody's got their own thing they're working on, but they all have to be working on it in the same room and encourage people. Like if you don't have something to jam on, here, why don't you invest in this or go take a look at that? And so you're not mandating as a group, we will do this thing. Uh, and there's another tack I was thinking about too. Uh, really helps to tackle existing problems in open source software because there are numerous uh, existing epics that need improvement or tons of bugs to knock down or documentation to write. Gosh, so mm -hmm. much documentation. If you just want to pick one thing and help out, documentation, every project needs more. Uh, if you're looking for a way to build some togetherness and camaraderie, you could start a new open source software because everybody's got ideas you know i don't there's always going to be the politics of well which idea is good enough for us to actually invest in and i have a good answer for that we tried this uh utd log with uh middling success uh, we really struggled to focus on one thing in particular but it seems like uh, you're building the collaboration you're all working together on one thing it helps build this cohesiveness and you don't have to worry about the existing investment of some other projects, norms and expectations because you're building your own, you're establishing them as you go. The downfall though is there's all the things that we would want to do. I want to say all the things. Most of the things that people want to do already has a project started for it and then you're adding your own project into the mix and you may be causing, I don't want to say causing confusion, that's not the right way to put it, but you're throwing your effort into a project which may not have support outside of the project outside of the, the lug, but that may be okay. As long as you pick a project that really helps the lug, then who cares if no one else uses it? But if you're trying to build a software or put together a new project to help solve something, you know, cure this particular form of cancer or whatever, you know, good luck. There's probably already 90 other softwares ahead of you that have more investment. So there, there are some definite positives and negatives to this, but yeah, I was thinking more about the, the code jam aspect of it. And that really, I think, is a big way to succeed. Because a lot of people just, they have their own thing. They're, I'm already working on this. I've already been jamming on it. I've already been, I have this script or my dot files are ridiculously out of date. I need to go bring them up to speed. Or, you know, I've got to gotta automate this software install. Could you help me? And so code jams are a really good opportunity for people to work on their own stuff while still being in the same room. 
either physically or metaphorically. So this is one thing that I do think is interesting. Uh, I don't know if I would call it a uh, societal difference, uh, but between the two communities, between the Linux side and the BSD side, because this is something that happens at every BSD conference I've ever been to, where there is a hackathon that is scheduled for usually two hours. Reality it usually stretches about eight hours into like right. the wee early hours of the morning, where mm -hmm. you have everybody who gets in a room, food shows up, drinks show up, and everybody works on their thing. Now, in this case, most of the people that are at the conference are either FreeBSD developers, OpenBSD developers, or so on and so forth. So they're already like developing all the time, but this is now the time when they're actually next to someone that they are a part of the same project with, and they can do one-on-one -on -one hacking on stuff together. And there's been a, like when I've been to them, it's amazing to see how much work will get done in that point, in that hour window or so, when it first starts now obviously as it goes on and more people show up and more people have more to drink the effectiveness exactly. starts to wane a little bit the, the ball but, peak comes earlier than the joke says it's yeah very very early but you'll have people like you know who will sit down and they work on the wi-fi stack so they'll just sit down they'll start you know working on that while somebody else is working on some other parts so it's that kind of thing does happen i've only seen it at conferences though and interestingly enough i've never seen that at a linux conference and i think that has to do with kind of the disparity of all of us working on different distros, whereas the BSDs are kind of a much more tighter-knit group with FreeBSD people working on the same operating system, whereas mm -hmm. in Linux, it's a bunch of different projects. You have kernel guys, you have user land guys, and you have the distro guys, and you have the application guys, and they don't usually cross over that much, so it's not as a unified group. Like, FreeBSD right now is doing, with COVID, they're doing office hours and bug squashing time, where they just do it, I think, once a month, where people come online at a certain time and they can interact with people and kind of get that in the real world now. I was also thinking just now that uh, the, one of the differences between the BSDs and the Linux is there's a lot more people just using Linux without contributing. I would have to guess. Like the percentage of people running BSD that contribute back, I would guess, and I have absolutely no data to back this up, I would guess it's much higher percentage than Linux users. There's a bunch of people using Linux and just using it. Maybe they don't think of it's necessary to contribute. It's not. But I think with the smaller community and a much higher percentage of people working on the product or giving back, I, I would have to guess that plays a role in why hackathons are much more successful at a BSD conference versus a Linux conference. And, you know, maybe there's a different degree of drunkenness too. Let's be honest that some of the Linux conferences I've seen is it's pretty much an excuse to get drunk with other people and talk about Linux occasionally. I've not actually been to a BSD conference before, but if I had to guess, it'd be a little more focused, a little more we're getting things done. Yep. So that's yeah. That's in kind of in what my experience, thinking. that's that's kind of the attitude. Now, I'm not going to say that you know things don't get out of hand and oh yeah, and that's, that's part uh, of the fun. There aren't shenanigans that take place because there absolutely are, but uh, it's it's more of uh, I don't know if I should say professional shenanigans. I don't know if that's the way to say it or not. That's good. Let's go with that. Professional shenanigans. I like that. Maybe we can make it the tagline of our of our show here. Professional shenanigans. That sounds pretty pretty accurate. So I, coming back to some of these strategies for coping, a lot of the ideas that I had early on were just programming stuff, but not everybody programs. Not everybody's coder. Some people mm -hmm. just don't have the mind for it or uh, they're focused on other things. And so I was trying to slide into some other things. I think it's pretty common to pick a topic or a series and teach on it in a log, but maybe uh, in the COVID era, it's a, good time to pick a different style of topic like deliberately go to an introduction of something new very common like, oh, i also intro to python for a couple weeks 
a lot of people know Python now because of those. And then just going purely social is thinking about movie nights. Because I've, I've seen this happening more and more often. We don't have to be in the same room to watch a movie together. We can all be on headsets and watching it. You know, there's a broadcast stream and we've all got like Discord going. And we're talking amongst each other and kind of snarking back and forth like Mystery Science Theater, uh, but remotely. And you don't need to be don't in the let, same room to have a lot of fun. Don't let Hollywood know that you're streaming videos online and multiple people are watching them. I'm not uh, streaming a video I'm, online I'm so sure the, watch. I'm sure the copyright police would be out after you. I'm actually not doing that. Well, but I think there's like things built into Netflix or Xbox that do this. I've never actually done it before. I was reading about okay. it. I would have to have friends in order to do that. And so, you know, I'm on step zero, get friends, right? So nice once I have those, nice yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. Just getting out in front of it before you do it. Figured that would be good. And uh, moving on from the burn, uh, the other thought I had was um, we had a lot of fun socially, successfully, and, and pitching Linux at installathons at UTD Lab. Uh, it's not really that difficult to do one. You're just trying to get everybody in the same room, metaphorically, and say, pick a distro you're not familiar with and install it and see how it goes. Or like what we did a couple months ago, pick an old distro, maybe you are familiar with or maybe not. See if it works on modern hardware. Just see mm, what happens. Like Linspire. No, not like Linspire. Anything about Linspire. And other distributions would be perfectly acceptable, but not that one. But you can have these installathons, and you don't really need to be in the same room to have a good time. Like you, if you're, especially if you're screen sharing, whoever's doing a cool install for something or is in the depths of fixing a problem, they can be on the screen share. Anybody else is kind of hacking on their own thing. Uh, it's a it's a neat way to create these collaborative environments that don't involve being in the same room together. So I'm sure there's other things that they're that could be doing, but there's none of them are coming to mind right now. So anything I've missed here, JT, fill me in. Um, I don't think so, but I think for point of context, we can address the fact that this is not just a tech issue. So I also run a, a community photography group in Maryland, and we used to get together basically two times a month. One time would actually be we'd, be, we'd meet somewhere and go do shoots in a park or whatever else if somebody had an idea. Um, and then the other week, we would get together at somebody's house. And we would then go over what shots we got from the previous outing. And we would show how we edited it. We would get feedback. Sometimes we would actually bring the raw files so that we could then pass that around so then other people could try different ways to edit to see what people came up with when they just looked at a photo of what they wanted to highlight, what they wanted to accentuate, how they wanted to crop it, so on and so forth. For that group, ever since COVID, I think we've had maybe three meetings. Ooh, that's challenging. Simply because, you know a lot of the people are not very technical. Now, I don't say that to be mean. I say that because it's factual. You know, they know how to operate their camera. They know how to operate their computer and edit photos. But I need to get some web streaming software and I have to have a webcam going and then I need to have figure out my audio stuff so that nobody hears the echo. And that hits yeah. a lot of people and they're like, whoa, hold on. That's that's just a little too much. I'm, I'm just not going to do it. So like mm -hmm. we have a group of probably, total group of maybe 20 that are semi-routine probably a core group of about eight but whenever we've done these online there's been like four or five. Oh, yeah that's what i was experiencing too. and it's 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 been really hard to actually get people to mm -hmm. who have been members and who have been active to get into okay let's do this virtually mm -hmm. because you know for a lot of people it was the interest in actually getting out of the house and exactly getting out to a location and being around people that have the same interest mm -hmm. in whatever the thing is so as much as obviously we all love photography, it was also a chance for us to get out and have fun with friends. And it mm -hmm. wasn't just 
let's do more photography because we all do photography all the time. That's nothing new for us, just like us in the tech space. We're in the Linux space specifically, we're all doing Linuxy stuff. We're all using Linux. We're all tinkering with this. We're doing that. Like this is just day-to-day -day life for us. So the, oh, well, this few hours now where you're going to do something online, there isn't as much of an appeal to doing that while still sitting at my same computer, at my same desk, in the same room, doing right. the same thing I do all, all week. Whereas yes. before, oh, I'm going to go out. Mm -hmm. I'm going to hang out with people. We're going to get something to drink. It's a much more laid back time. And even if there is a, a lesson and a talk, it's an event uh -huh. and it kind of has, you know, a little bit more emphasis and a little bit more importance and a little bit more enjoyableness than just another thing I'm doing at my computer. And uh -huh. I think personally, that's the key issue is because we work on a computer so much instead of the desk, when you're not working, one of the last things you want to do is, oh, let me spend more time at the uh -huh. desk. Yes. I admire the people that can do that. They have their day job and they go home at night. Well, now they're at home, but they, they shut off for the night at work and then they pull up the other laptop and start hacking away on that. I'm like, how do you do that? Like, I, when I'm done, I need to be gone for a while. I need to recharge my brain. I, as a younger man, I could do it. I guess somewhere along the way, I just got, uh, maybe the, the, the risks are bigger for messing up at work and so it takes a little more effort or something. I'm not sure. But uh, I, I miss being able to do that, and I just need to walk away. And I wanted to have somewhere to go in these social things. For me, the, the lug, that was a big deal for me, just to have somewhere to go. We're surrounded by people that also like Linux and mm -hmm. hopefully to learn some stuff. I also discovered I have a, a passion and a love for teaching, especially about Linux stuff, at that lug. And so it became partly a social thing and partly because I'm practicing how to do this and learning to get better. Um, that was really the first time I'd ever done public speaking. So that was foundational for me too uh, maybe other people have had a similar experience like they go up and they give a talk at a log and oh this wasn't as bad as i thought that was really cool especially when i'm talking to my friends this is okay mm -hmm. i think i don't really have that experience anymore and i miss it i guess there's there's not a lot that can be done until vaccines are common and we're back to normal i just don't think that normal is going to be normal anymore i think we're what was normal before i don't think we'll ever quite get back to it honestly. And I don't know how that's going to impact uh, UGS. I don't know how it's going to impact all the social groups out there. Uh, some aren't going to make it, um, but we're kind of stuck in the situations for a while longer. So let's just try to make the best of it and do what we can to keep the organizations alive until we can get back to hanging out in person again. I guess that's all we can do, really. Is there any other closing advice you have for all of us, you who organizes and helps co-lead LUGS? uh not really because at this point we're just doing it online and winging it um so yeah don't have really much to say on that but what i do have something to say about is feedback Ooh, we have feedback we have feedback so we've got an email here from computer kid and i will read it hello again guys really enjoyed episode 10 uh, he linked us a youtube video which i will put into the show notes and it says Linus Torvalds in conversation with Dick Hondo, I think maybe I said that right. 23 minutes in, Linus talks about his names for the colonel. He named Suicidal Squirrel Colonel because where he lived, there was a squirrel who kept running out in front of his car. <laughs> the kleptomaniac octopus was named for an octopus that tried to steal his flashlight while he was diving. Wow. Just thought you guys would enjoy that background. Keep up the good work. Make sure the one guy keeps making fun of the other guy. <laughs> I will keep doing that. Not a problem. 
Absolutely. Well, I'll keep making fun of him. Thank you, Computer Kid. Appreciate yes, that. My favorite release name would be Bionic Beaver for Ubuntu because that was the first Linux I used other than on a Raspberry Pi. Very cool. Thanks for sharing. Thanks for contacting us, Computer Kid. Appreciate it. And we have another piece of feedback from another, uh, another one from Mark. Um, Mark. Now I'm not I'm not sure because the email address was different, but the the writing style of this and the way he spells Mark is very similar to a guy who writes into BSD now. So this may be this may be the same one, but I don't know. Anyway, uh, he says on the episode where you guys start to discuss System D, JT made the comment that he thinks there was some hatred towards it because it made old admins on par with admins with no experience. I dealt with this personally when trying to get a job in that era. My experience with SysD in it was considered a negative because other younger candidates only knew SystemD. Ooh. So they were seen as not compromised with the old way of doing things. Oh. While I did find a job, the three places I went with before went with less experienced admins because they were seen as better being able to use SystemD. As much as I don't like to admit it, that made me despise SystemD for quite a while. Uh, yes, I, I would feel the exact same way. Mark, I feel for you, man. That stinks. Uh, yeah, I'm glad he did. He did get a get a job, and hopefully, yeah, absolutely. Since SystemD has been around for as long as it has been, now that's not as much of an issue. Right, and like I say, I've made my peace with it. I use it every day at work. It's fine now. Um, I've found the rough edges, and I found the, the happy places in it, and I'm I'm plenty happy to use it now. Um, but that's I, I'm trying to envision that. I would be very upset. It, the way you convey that it, you sound very much in control, but I think I would be like rabidly unhappy with whoever it was. I'd be like, well, I'm never working for you again. Fine. Let's go talk about you on Glassdoor. Ah, you know, that's what I would do. So, well, I think uh, when you're, when you're actively looking for a job, you uh, want to burn, right. you don't want to burn any of those bridges. So. Exactly. That's the rational thing to do. However, the Jeff thing to do is to forget that and just fly off the handle. So. Okay. Well, I appreciate the feedback. Uh, uh, it's good to hear that, Mark. I'm I'm sorry that that happened to you. Uh, hopefully, that was a long time ago, and we're well past it. Um, but uh, let's hope that does not happen again. The next technology to come along to replace everything. Let's hope it doesn't happen again. Yeah. Well, that's excellent. Uh, I'd love to hear feedback about uh, this episode and uh, hearing from lug organizers besides JT um, and or just enthusiasts or members and telling us what your lug is doing to hang in there and and make it through this time of coronavirus. Uh, send us your feedback, send us your anecdotes, and or just tell us that we sound funny. That'd be fine too. 